0: We can encourage and create more mechanisms for the significant wealth that women have for the first time in history to start deploying some of that capital to invest in women. And that's where I'm very passionate.
1: Hi, I'm Tori Reed, the CEO of Victory and Noble, as well as the executive producer for Getting Deals Done. Getting Deals Done is about one of three dynamic intentions. Number one... The success mindset, which is about the visionary doer as well as the dream catcher. Number two, systems, what it takes to get deals done in the world. And number three, power, how big things are done in the world. Getting deals done is about impacting humanity one deal at a time. Our shows are produced for the busy executive in under 20 minutes, with voiceovers that aim to clarify, inspire, and raise your collective business IQ. We hope the show will leave you supercharged with capital energy, focused with purpose, and ready to do your very best by being your best. Welcome to Getting Deals Done with Patrick Howell, my partner and a tenured financier, as well as someone who knows a thing or two about getting the deal done. courtesy of our partners at Vivro Water, a sustainable solutions company that mirrors our commitment to clarity, focus, and a better world. Vivro's water solutions for business have already helped divert tens of millions of wasteful plastic bottles from landfills and waterways. Every day, Vivro systems across the globe help forward-thinking companies transform their own on-premise water into a source for pure and reliable filtered hydration. Let Vivro help you and your business leave a legacy of stewardship, health, and wellness that will literally make you feel good inside. Go to VivroWater.com, V-I-V-R-E-A-U Water.com for more information.
2: Delilah Panio is a capital markets expert as Vice President of Capital Formation for the Toronto Stock Exchange. She works with U.S. companies looking to consider listing and financing in the Canadian capital markets. She is not only active in North American markets, but Southern California markets as an executive director and co-founder of We Are Enough, a nonprofit that educates women on why and how to invest in women-owned businesses. So really proud to have Delilah here today from the Toronto Stock Exchange. She is a tenured executive in the capital markets and finance and raising capital from all sorts of companies. She works inside the United States and serves as a liaison to the Toronto Stock Exchange over here. Delilah, wonderful to have you on Getting Deals Done. How you doing?
0: Hey, Patrick. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited for this conversation.
2: Yeah. So why don't we begin a little bit with you just kind of talking about what you do with the Toronto Stock Exchange and how you've gotten to where you are. And you and I, I think we've had a relationship stemming back to Roth Capital Conference going back over a decade now and our involvement in investor relations and capital markets in Southern California. But we'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Patrick. So yes, I am currently the Vice President of U.S. Capital Formation for Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture Exchange. And I've been here in market, I'm in Southern California for the last four years. I am Canadian and so it's a super sweet gig to be able to represent uh, the home country in our capital markets, but doing it from the beach in California. But I was with TSX for 10 years back in Toronto from 2010, at which point I actually left TSX to move to LA for sunshine obviously I had my own startup I raised a bit of money I learned how difficult that is actually is to have a startup and raise capital and be successful and so in that time I also have done a lot of consulting in the early stage of companies so really I have experience all the way from bootstrapping to IPO advising companies And so in my day job here in Southern California, I'm mostly talking to U.S. CEOs that are kind of raising their Series B plus capital and they're looking for options of how to raise capital in that sort of earlier stage venture financing.
2: Lovely. That's an incredible dossier. I was compelled to have you on the show just because not only of your deep knowledge inside of capital markets, but I also know that you're very passionate about women's involvement inside of the stock market. But before we get involved in that, talking about women in the capital markets and that kind of thing. Let's talk very specifically about the incredible year that we had inside of the market formation and not only Toronto, which is due in large part to the Toronto Stock Exchange and your involvement in the U.S. And there was a record number of U.S. companies that were involved inside of the Toronto Stock Exchange. Can you elaborate a little bit upon some of the successes that occurred in the market?
0: Yeah, well, let's take a step back for sure and just look in the North American markets overall. So in the U.S., there was a... You know, record number of proceeds from IPOs raised last year, about $142 billion, and the most IPOs since 2000, so it's a record year on the financings. in the private venture capital is a record year globally, also within the U.S., a record year of over $310 billion raised from the private venture capital market. And then, of course, you can't talk about last year without talking about SPACs, right? So special purpose acquisition corps were really the big story in the US capital markets. Again, this is a reverse merger way of listing that, you know, a few years ago was obscure, and nobody knew about it. And in 2020, we thought we had a lot of SPACs. But last year, there was a record number of SPACs, and they raised about $145 billion. And there's currently about 570 SPACs looking for deals. So really, a lot of capital was injected into the economy, obviously, through the stimulus packages, you know, through the pandemic. And then a lot of money was raised both publicly and privately in the US. And then if you look at the Canadian story, we also had a very similar robust market setting records in all sorts of ways, financings, the size of our marketplace for the first time reached over $4 trillion. On our two exchanges, there's been significant interest in growth in innovation companies, whether that's in technology, SaaS, life sciences. You know, There's a huge interest in marketplace for those kinds of companies now in Canada. Overall, the robustness of the capital markets was significant on both sides of the border. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out this year. But I would definitely say that any private companies out there that are looking either to be acquired or looking for strategic investments into their company, take a look at who raised capital last year because we're going to see obviously a lot of MA activity this year with all that cash sitting on those balance sheets that whether from public companies or private companies, they need to deploy that capital. So it's going to be through acquisitions and making strategic investments into earlier stage companies.
2: Something that I thought was interesting about Toronto and specifically, you were mentioning the other sectors, but Toronto's developing a very special and keen development, not only in its university, but also in its capital markets for AI.
0: Yes, that's definitely true. There are, you know, great universities in Canada that are, you know, pushing out really educated students in these areas. And so they're all, you know, entering the workforce. Not surprising, we're seeing interest in the capital markets of all those sort of like leading cutting edge industries, whether that's, you know, cryptocurrency, we list the first Bitcoin ETFs in the world on TSX. We have a number of companies, obviously now in the NFT space that are looking to come to our capital markets. So You know, it may not be intuitive for most people to think about Canadian retail investors being really interested in that early stage, higher risk, but the opportunity, the really incredible opportunity to get into those companies at a very early stage or into those industries. So whether it's cryptocurrency or NFTs or psychedelics or, you know, whatever those sort of early stage sectors are. In our market, there's appetite by the investors to take to invest them at a very early stage. We've always used the public markets for those very, very early stage companies for growth capital.
2: What are the steps that you have to take? What are the things that you have to be, in order to be involved in the lower tier emerging markets, capital market markets that you have in Toronto, um, what are some things that a small business owner should be paying attention to in order to get listed on a stock exchange?
0: So when I speak with uh, U.S. CEOs, I always talk about what I call the four R's, right? So we always need to have these things to make it simple to remember. So remember these four R's. First, reason. Does your company have a reason to be a public company? Being a public company comes with a lot of implications. So does your company have a reason to be public? And so some of those reasons are, and this would be to go public on any market, not just on ours, but you have reason to be public. Do you need significant growth capital over periods of time? Are you looking to incentivize, you know, talent and employees by giving them a true pathway to liquidity, you know, through stock options? So do you have a real reason? Do you have a significant growth strategy? And I would say for U.S. companies at an earlier stage, is your objective to get to a senior market in the U.S. like New York or NASDAQ in the next five years? Because we are a stepping stone to get there. But so step one, do you have a reason to be a public company? Step two, are you ready to be a public company? So that's a second R. So by ready, I mean, do you have the infrastructure? Do you have the fiscal discipline and infrastructure for being a public company? Are you going to be able to deal with the corporate governance requirements, the costs and the people, the talent behind it? And then one of the biggest ones that is always sort of scares companies as it should is are you ready for the transparency of being a public company? And what that means is, You know, when you're a high growth startup or, you know, growth company, you're going to pivot, you're going to fall, you're going to, you know, back and forth. And so a lot of the times, that's very challenging to do in the public markets. So are you ready for that volatility? Third one is requirements. So do you meet the listing requirements of the exchange that you're looking for? So in the US, you know, New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ, their listing standards are based on things like share price, market cap, shareholder equity. In Canada, we have a different model. So both on Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture Exchange, our listing requirements are based more on the financial fundamentals of the company. So we're looking at things like revenue, net tangible assets. And if you don't have those, we're looking at working capital. So can you raise enough money in the public markets, get enough investor confidence to raise that capital that you then could keep the lights on for, let's say, whatever your projections are, 18 to 24 months? So our listing staff are looking at all of those in a matrix of if you have more of this or less of this. But in combinations, and then the last one, which really ultimately is the most important of the four R's, because you can have every reason to go public, you can be ready to go public, you can meet the listing requirements, but the fourth R is reality. And so, what is the reality of your company being able to raise this capital in today's market today? Right, and then that's where the answer is: it depends. You need to be looking at you know what's getting capital raised. So, if we look last year, both in the U.S. and in Canada. Obviously, healthcare and tech sectors significantly led the IPO boom, certainly in the U.S. I think about 70% of IPOs in the U.S. were healthcare and tech. Not surprising, especially, in, you know, and health tech, you know, was a big one and clean tech and, you know, all the electric vehicle companies that went public, et cetera. And so on our market, it's really, so one of those leading sectors we're going to see, obviously, whenever there is a bit of a Stepping back from the public markets of last year, you have a record year with high valuations. This year, there's going to be more balanced. You know, there's going to be a market correction. We're already starting to see that in some of the valuations. If I were a CEO of a company, how I would be thinking about it is those four areas. So reason, ready, requirement, and reality. And the reality is where you have to start talking to investment bankers to see because ultimately... They're the ones that take the company public. And so my job here, when I meet U.S. CEOs that are interested in this, I then make the introductions to the Canadian capital providers, which are, you know, Canadian investment bankers and sort of people in the deal-making space that bring companies public. And ultimately, why U.S. CEOs are talking to me is that they're looking for an alternative to current capital options, right? Every CEO should just know all of their capital-providing options, and then make an educated decision on what's right for their business.
2: I love it. Can you talk a little bit about capital formation, women, and what women need to do and what you would like to see and what you're all about?
0: Well, let's definitely start with some of the positives. And again, 2021 was a record year for women raising capital in terms of the amount of capital raised both in the public and the private markets. There were a record number of women led IPOs last year. If you think about some of the you know great companies that went public from you know obviously the year kicked off last year with Bumble's IPO, I think it was 2.2 billion. There were a number of SPACs, women only or led by women. And then just a lot of great companies went public, you know, FIGs Rent the runway, the honest company. So some really great women-led stories. And women founded stories where the women were still the CEO, and you don't see that you know often in Canada. You know, we also had some great stories, including out of Chicago, the Planting Hope Company, which is a milk alternative company. Actually, that was a really great listing. That was in the fall of last year. All women-led teams. So CEO, CFO, the whole management team were women. Again, unusual. For them to go public. They went public on the TSX Venture Exchange, so we look forward to their growth story as they continue to use the public markets to fuel their company's growth. And again, in the private markets, by the amount of dollars raised, it was again, it continued to be significant, but as a percentage, of all the capital raised, the numbers are still quite minuscule, right? And so whether, and it's really, you have to look at it at all levels of the ecosystem, right? So when I think about why are more women not taking the companies public, it's because, you know, they're not getting enough venture capital to grow, to become an IPO eligible company because they're not getting the angel investment money that leads them to get the venture capital. And because they don't have the friends and family money, especially women, especially women of color, if you don't have that network, of friends and family money to give you that critical first fifty to one hundred thousand dollars, then you never get to the other stages right but so for having more women build significant companies to go public it 's we have to look at the ecosystem all along the way, and do we have the right models and financing vehicles that are conducive to the kinds of companies that are being created, especially in the impact space, as we know women are you know more likely to start an impact company and especially addressing you know like for example some of the united nations sustainable development goals and in this rising time of esg right and in impact investors or all investors are requiring some sort of esg impact then how do we get that money into the hands of more women and of course the practical reality you and i are both know especially at the sort of earlier stage funding People invest in who and what they know. So a lot of this is going to come from more women becoming investors and investing in women, because especially at the angel investor stage, right? You're investing in people you know, products you know and understand. And so if we can encourage and create more mechanisms for the significant wealth that women have for the first time in history to start deploying some of that capital to invest in women, and that's where I'm very passionate. I am a co-founder of a nonprofit called We Are Enough where we educate women on why and how to invest in women-led businesses and with a gender lens in the public markets, because that volume of investment dollars that are needed to support all of these incredible startups, especially women, especially women of color, like that is the fastest growing demographic of startups. But where is the money going to come from, right? And so that's where, again, all of us in the ecosystem need to be having this conversation about each part of it, how do we impact each level of funding, each kind of funding?
2: Excellent. I love it. Would you be able to give a little bit more contact information for We Are Enough, your organization, and anybody interested in reaching out to you for public and emerging growth opportunities on the Toronto Stock Exchange?
0: Yeah, the easiest way is just connect with me on LinkedIn. And so it's just, I'm the only Delilah Panel you'll find on LinkedIn. So yeah, anyone can feel free to reach out to me. For, and you can see on my LinkedIn, the different organizations that I'm a part of and check out the links to those different groups. So whether it's We Are Enough or my own company that I help sort of women get investor ready called Fortuna Funding. And then of course, with Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture to get advice on if your company might be ready to take that step toward a public listing.
2: Delilah's passion is not only the capital markets, but providing access to that source of funding dreams, innovation, and visions to a select class of innovators and entrepreneurs, women. Her mission resonates with my own, equal access, a robust global economy, and exceptionalism in global capital markets. Her devotion is reflected in her membership as an advisory board member for the Maple Business Council a trade organization between Canada and Southern California, as well as the co-chair of the Capital Council for We Global Studios, an innovation studio for women entrepreneurs. She is charting a path forward for the best and the brightest to make the world a better place, one deal at a time.
1: We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Getting Deals Done. Each show is engineered as meditation on success by the same team that has brought you success meditations on the art of life, as well as being your very best self with our flagship program. Here's to life with Tori Reed.
3: The Hilton Sacramento Art and West in Sacramento, California is committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivery of a clean stay from check-in to check-out. Located a couple of exits from downtown Sacramento and California's capital, our hotel provides a world-class stay, amenities, and rooms at the center of the California experience. California is a world-class economy with visionaries, doers, and dream catchers at its heart. Our mission, as with Here's to Life and Getting Deals Done, is the highest possible expression of excellence, business moxie, humanity, and client care. As the world moves at a fast and sometimes hectic pace, we will provide you with a peace of mind. The Hilton Sacramento Art and West is here to make your experience a better one. We look forward to receiving you. I am Ginger LaVert, Director of Sales and Marketing at the Hilton Sacramento Art and West. Our focus is on the customer experience and a pristine excellence. When you travel to Sacramento, stay with us and I guarantee your peace of mind.
1: We look forward to bringing you another dynamic offering globally every two weeks. Be sure to join us for our virtual mastermind forum. And remember, prosperity is a state of being, not a ledger line on your bank account.